Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hey y'all, wanted to record a quick little disclaimer here to let you guys know that we recorded this before the Bradley Beal to Phoenix trade. Um, we have a Bradley Beal trade in here that is not that one. I imagine this is a trade that will make uh, Wizards fans much happier, but um, yeah, so just want to let you guys know, but Hey, this is exciting. You know, we only do one of these mock drafts a year. Got some great guests on to talk about everything and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Feel free to, you know, tag us and, and quote tweet this and, and leave a like, you know, a review where you talk about what you think of these trades. Call us idiots if you want. Just let us know what you guys think because we did a lot of trades. We did a lot of picks. Very excited about everything we did. Uh, if you want to hear about basically everyone we draft or talk about in this, we have a pod on them. Uh, so look at all that. It's just so, uh, this is such a blast and, uh, it's been such a rewarding and fun cycle. Uh, we did our 30 for 30 and that was obviously so fun. It's exhausting, but we love it. And, you know, there's a chance this is kind of the last year upside swings looks like this. It's not going to go away, but it might not look like this forever. And, um, we just really appreciate and love you guys for listening. Uh, this has been a really fun year. It's been a big year for us. We've grown a lot. And uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. And like I said, let us know. Make fun of us for making bad picks or doing dumb trades or whatever. Whatever. Just uh, just let us know what you think. And uh, thank you all. And hope you enjoy the mock. Hello, everybody. And welcome back to the Upside Suites of a Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. And this is our highest ceiling podcast of the year because it's mock draft time. Uh, we only do one of these a year now. This this is a it's a special occasion. We're not we're not the type of pod that does like random lottery mocks throughout the year. We you get one, you get one and only. Uh, and we're super excited. We brought on quite a few friends. Uh, we did some trades. We've had these teams set for like three weeks now. And I'm just I'm just so excited to dive in. We brought on the great Charlie Parker, the impeccable Brian McKell, and of course Garrett Johnson. Uh, they are. C Parker NBA, GM Understudy 22, and Half Awake Takes. Can't wait to dive into all this. Of course, I'm joined by Stone Hansen, Cooper Klein. Garrett, I'll start with you. How you doing, my friend? Doing great, man. I'm excited to unveil some of these trades and then start getting into the picks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unveil is one word. Um, <laughs> ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, we don't catch too much ire from the fans of these teams, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Brian, how's it going? I'm doing great today. Really excited to get on here and get this draft done. Uh, We've really shaken up the NBA already. I'm excited to see where we go with the picks. Yes, Uh, we tried to be realistic. uh, And luckily, our guests, uh, Brian and Garrett and Charlie, all all were pretty realistic. Uh, The group will get to Charlie. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. We got uh, we got quite the crew this year for this podcast. So I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I can't wait to see what people think of the trades we made. I know Garrett um, and Brian already mentioned it, but there's really some there's some crazy trades going on. So I'm excited to dive into it. Excited to make some picks. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Stone Coop, of course. This is year three with all of us on a mock now. Uh, it's been it's been a long journey. This kind of feels like the culmination, even though it's not because we're still going to keep recording more podcasts. But feels like the culmination. How are you guys doing? This is uh, the most exciting 
podcast we record out of the year. So I'm I'm pretty stoked for it and happy to make my Lakers champions again. Yeah, it only took uh, begging like a child for like four days to turn those Lakers into champions, but uh, very excited for this one. Um, I'm going to get completely flame roasted for some of the trades I made. I already know it, but this is like the most fun part of the year. Uh, you know, we have the the upside swings all stars on here. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hop right in. Yeah, so quickly before we dive into the picks and the trades and trades that have not even happened yet that could still happen when, uh, you know, a person is on the clock, I first want to discuss just a couple brief ground rules and also who has each team. So instead of doing this where it's like, because there's six of us, every six picks, someone's going to make a, a selection. I thought it was more fun to do teams. Everyone gets teams. So Stone has the Spurs, Thunder, Lakers, Kings, and Timberwolves. Brian has the Hornets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Celtics, and Knicks. Garrett has the Blazers, Wizards, Hawks, Clippers, and 76ers. Coop has the Rockets, of course, the Pacers, the Raptors, the Cavs, the Bucks. Charlie has Pistons, Jazz, Heat, Warriors, and Suns. And I have the Magic, Pelicans, Nets, Nuggets, and Bulls. So you can kind of just get a sense of where each of us were at. As the draft starts, we will each have 90 seconds to make a selection or trade the pick. Uh, and if a pick is traded, an additional 60 seconds can be added to the clock for the next person to make a selection. Um, we'll try and go fast and loose here. And to start it off, Stone, you're on the clock with the Spurs. I'm guessing you don't need me to start a 90-second timer. The floor is yours. The Spurs would like to take all 90 seconds to think this one through. No, uh, we're going to go with Victor Wimbanyama, of course. Um, I, I don't feel like I really need to explain this. So I'm just, I'll, I'll cut it short and, and keep the mock moving. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and, and Brian, you're on the clock at two. Um, and I know you have this, this guy in the bag because everyone's known Victor's gone. But I do just want to say, like, uh, this Spurs team is going to get a little mixed up. Uh, over the course of this mock uh, with some trades that have already happened. Um, but this was the one thing that was always set in stone. Victor Weminyama is the best player in this class. All six of us would agree on that. Um, he's the selection to be made here. Brian, the floor is yours. Who do the Hornets take here at two? All right. So here at two, I had a few different options I was thinking through with trades and, and players. But uh you know, I think for me in this class, there was always Wimby at number one and then Scoot Henderson at number two. And uh, I think they're both in their own classes, their own tiers in this uh, draft. So with the Hornets, I'm selecting Scoot Henderson with the second pick. Um, I think it's just too much talent to pass up on. I mean, he's a you know super athletic guard who can already make shots from the mid range. His form is OK. He may be able to get that up to three. I think having the star power of Scoot Henderson and uh, LaMelo Ball together is just uh, gives us a chance to have one of the best duos in the league if things go right. So uh, and then we have a little bit more room in this draft. We still got four picks on the board right now. So we're looking to do some other things to improve uh, over the next, you know, several night, I guess, 90 minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, on the board at three was originally the Blazers, but obviously much has been made about this pick being available and. Uh, we have a trade to announce. Uh, the Blazers, uh, banned by the great Garrett Johnson, have traded pick three, pick 43, and a future second in 2024 to the to the Thunder for Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, the Arkansas one, 
and pick 21. So Stone, you are on the clock with the Thunder at pick three. But before you make that selection, Garrett, I want to throw this to you. What was your thinking with having this pick that everyone is kind of known as up for grabs and making this taking this specific deal? Yeah, I wanted to trade for someone that isn't really talked about as being one of the most obvious options here. And it's partly because I have Josh Giddy higher than my number three prospect, probably in my own eval. Um, so for me, it's like a guy who I think is about to break out and I would love to just have someone who's going to promote great ball movement as I bring in, uh, guys in free agency, maybe trade Jeremy Grant and sign in trade or something like that in the future. So, um, yeah, that's the thought process there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's a fascinating idea because obviously people expect this team to go for some type of secondary scorer or, an older established veteran or whatever, but for the Blazers to kind of pick a young playmaking wing, I think it's fascinating. I'd be super excited to see that fit. And also they get another pick in this draft too. So it's not like they're completely punting on this draft in general stone. The pick is in here with the thunder at three. Who are they taking? Uh, we are selecting Amen Thompson. Um, I was really hoping scoot would fall but I'm 100% content taking Almond. Uh, I have only like a half tier between them. Um, Coop, you are up here at, at four with the Rockets. Uh, you have 90 seconds. Uh, I wait uh, real quick. I am, I'm starting the clock, but if, uh, if you want four, it is, it is open. It is available if you want to, uh, if you want to trade for it. So, so I actually, I suppose um, Stone, I will ask if you want to talk about a little bit about this Thunder roster since Coop is trying to wheel and deal four and he's probably going to use the whole 90 seconds. What are what are some of the other moves you made and how is this roster shaping out? Yeah, uh, I made a ton of moves. This is an overhauled Thunder team. Um, I wanted to cash in some of the picks and younger pieces that we had to to really accelerate the timeline a little bit without getting old. Uh, that was sort of my goal. Um We'll go over, I guess, the trades in specific eventually. Um, but this roster is still has Shea as a core piece, still has Chet, and still has the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Um, in addition, I added uh, Nick Claxton, John Collins, OG Ananobi, um, and now Amon Thompson. Um, at, those are like really the core pieces of it. Um, and I think it's probably like one of the most suffocating defenses now in the league. Um, spacing is definitely going to be somewhat of an issue. I hope to address some of that later on in this draft, but I think um, for the most part, this is an improved Thunder team and and I think can really uh, look towards trying to make a, a further playoff run. Yeah. All right. Coop, I, I know your guy didn't fall here. So, so where are you, who are you taking here at four with the Rockets? Uh, so, with the the fourth overall pick in the, the twenty twenty three NBA draft, the Rockets select Anthony Black out of the University of Arkansas. Uh, yeah, we go. Nobody wants to trade with me. Uh, nobody wants four. This pick sucks. Um, <laughs> in, in real life, we're gonna get our guy, but uh, here in fiction world. Nobody wants to move up because everybody's kind of content with their guy. This is where the draft really opens up. And uh, with all the random trades we made, uh, I really think Ant is, you know, the perfect guy to connect our now actually good at basketball roster 
So uh, we, you know, we're happy we come away from this draft with our guy and, and a, a core really set in stone and still a ton of free agency money. So we're, we're very, very happy. Yeah, very happy is one way to describe Coop. Uh, the other one is completely miserable and absurdly upset that Ahmed was not here for. Um, Charlie is up with the Pistons and the pick is already in. Uh, the Pistons are obviously in a weird spot, sort of. They have a million big men on this team, but they have built around pieces in Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham that I think I, I would imagine we're all still pretty high on, just haven't quite taken the step we would have hoped yet. Charlie, what are the Pistons up to here at five? The Pistons are absolutely pumped to pick up the, the falling Brandon Miller here. And um, while I think we all kind of have our questions about the the true superstar upside and uh, some of the creation for a team like Detroit, where you already have the core pieces of Cade, Ivy, you know, Jalen Duran, Miller really is kind of the perfect ancillary offensive piece here to uh, make it all work. Ideally, um, I'll also go ahead and mention I traded for KJ Martin uh, throughout the uh the pre-mock draft process. So I'm giving Cade a bunch of bunch of players to throw lobs to, hopefully spacing the floor around him a little bit. And uh, I'm hoping Miller can just kind of bring, bring it all together for us. Yeah, I think, you know, wh- while I'm lower on Miller than some, like once you get past that third pick for me, I, I think it really does open up. And I think he's a, a completely reasonable pick here at five. He's a really good shooter. I think he putting him on a team where he's going to be asked to be basically the tertiary creator and like a transition ball handler more than a half court creator, I think is really good for his development. Um, I think it kind of allows Cade to play more of the two, which I sort of like for him. KJ could be a four. And then you're talking about a, a well-constructed young top five that you can really kind of see what they look like next year without having to buy too much into win now stuff. Um, I'm up at six with the magic uh, and the Magic were a team that I was interested to to, to have. Um, and I thought I was kind of maybe going to wheel and deal a little bit more than I did. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with how this board fell to me. And the Magic at six are going to take Kassan Wallace. Um, Wallace is probably my personal favorite player in this class. I think when you talk about what the Magic need, they have a core of I think three front court guys that are all worth building around with Wendell Carter Jr., Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner. Uh, they, and then they have a ton of other interesting pieces. Markel Fultz is so good, but he's kind of a questionable fit with those other players um, that, I, that I'm not in love with. I think um, Kassan can kind of step in and kind of be that steadying force. And then we have another pick at 11 to maybe pick another guy to add to that core. But for now, Coop is on the clock with the Pacers. Uh, 90 seconds, Coop. The Indiana Pacers, with the seventh pick in the NBA draft, are going to select Arthur Thompson uh, out of the overtime elite. Uh, just somebody, you know, we need athletes. Uh, and I I buy Azar being able to contribute at the next level. He's in, like, he's right at the tier break of the next tier of guys that I have. But uh, I don't really buy the other two guys I have above him fitting with the current guys we have. And uh, I think Azar being able to cut, being able to play off of Halley and really contribute. And uh, especially on a really solidly spaced floor. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a really fun athletic team. They can get out on the break. Just another good young wing who, who kicks ass to, to put next to Halliburton and, uh, you know, really move into the next, 
the next generation here. And we're hoping our we're hoping somebody else to fill that power forward hole will be available later in the draft. Yeah, Garrett, you are on the clock here with the Wizards at eight um, and the pick is in. So, Garrett, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I'm going to take here in the same logic of wanting to pick athletes who I think have upside through the roof. I'm taking Bilal Koulibaly here at number eight to the Wizards. Uh, I'm a massive fan of him. Uh, I, I think that he has Mikhail Bridges type defensive athleticism, a guy who's already locking down top guys in France as an 18 year old and somebody who I think has like, a burgeoning offensive game, uh, somebody who has no wasted movement off the bounce. His handles a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but you just see the athleticism like power through that. And he's already just so good at finishing at the rim. Just looks like a natural score to me in the long term i know it's going to take a little bit of time but the wizards we're going to find out uh have a lot of time so i'm i'm ready to take who i just think has the highest upside left in this class i i i find that pick interesting Bilal has been obviously a gigantic riser um charlie you're on the clock here at nine with the jazz um i i i don't think this is like too high for ball even though i have a, quite a few guys higher than him for the Wizards to take a chance, I think is a good idea. I also do worry that there are a horrible team for him to develop. Um, but I, 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 uh, I, I like that pick. I think in theory, and and the Wizards are a team where uh, Garrett, do you actually quickly want to discuss kind of some of the bigger overarching moves you've made with the Wizards? Yeah, there's really just the the one huge one, which is that uh, we actually started this uh, like mock draft trading before the news came out yesterday. But uh, we traded Bradley Beal uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. And I think the two most relevant assets that came back for this draft is that we got Jaden Hardy and we got the number 10 pick. So uh, my thought process here is that if we're trying to build around the same Wizards identity, that's never really been materialized like what's been talked about is what our uh tenets of our offense and defense are i mean playmaking on the offensive side constant ball movement and unselfish play and defensively just being locked down at every position and switchable we've never really like reached that point of looking like that so even if we're going to lose games i'd love to try and see if that identity pays off for us with the assets that we have and i think Bilal fits right into it everything I described to me is what Bilal Koulibaly stands for. Uh, a guy who just accepts his role in the, in the offense and does whatever is asked of him. And then defensively just is locked down and switchable to the nth degree. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the idea of wizards rebuilds. And I'm just like the last 24 hours have been me just constantly thinking about this. Garrett has waited his whole life for this moment is what he's trying to say. Um, Charlie, you, you mentioned that the pick is in, so the floor is yours. Yeah. So I, I just mentioned, this is, this is not how I plan the board shaking out and Utah, Utah is a really fun team to pick for because they don't really have any fundamental pieces outside of Lori and Kessler. You, you can maybe throw Ochai in there. Um, but I've seen a lot of people love going with a four here, like Hendricks or like a Jairus Walker, which I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little iffy on, and my my highest prospect available is is Grady Dick, but I don't know if I I trust the Jazz's current infrastructure to really maximize him. So I actually am going to select Jarris Walker here at number nine. Um, hopefully, have just built an incredible backline with uh with Walker. I think Laurie's a 
great shooter. So hopefully the spacing is all right. And, you know, Utah's early enough in the rebuild. It's still BPA time, regardless of, uh, regardless of who's on the roster at this point. So yeah, Jairus Walker is the pick at nine. Love it. Uh, Garrett, you're on the clock here with the wizards. As you mentioned, Bradley Beal trade uh, to the Mavericks. And just so we're clear on the um, specifics of that deal, the Mavericks are receiving Bradley Beal and the Wizards are receiving JaVale McGee, Davis Bertans, Jaden Hardy, Hardy, Reggie Bullock, the 10th pick, uh, 2026 pick swap, a 2027 unprotected first, and a 2028 pick swap. Um, by the way, if you are looking for all the trades we made as well as all the picks, they will be on the Upside Swings website. So go look there. Garrett, you are on the clock. Um, but before we get into who the Wizards pick, Brian, I wanted to get your kind of rationale. Obviously, the Mavericks have been heavily shopping this uh, 10th pick. What was your kind of goal here with this pick? And, and what made you choose the Bradley Beal trade? Yep. So I heard that Bradley Beal was available. And really, I think for the Mavericks, they're a team that has Luka and they were able to add Kyrie for them to miss the playoffs is really just not okay. So I think this is a real opportunity for them to go out and just improve the roster. They really need improvements at just about every spot except for Luka and Kyrie. So uh, for us to be able to go out and get Bradley Beal, it is going to be tough on the cap situation. Um, we have made some other moves to kind of uh, fill out some spots left on the roster. But uh, yeah, we really just wanted to get the star power. We think with Bradley Beal, Luca, and Kyrie, um, it's going to be very hard for teams to defend them. So um, having that type of a trio in a playoff series, we think gives us a chance about uh, against just about anybody in the West. So that's why we went ahead and pulled the trigger. And at the end of the day, it's two pick swaps and two unprotected firsts. So um, we think we're going to be able to get back a little bit of this trade uh, in some people's minds with the first round picks we make in 26 and 28. Perfect. Uh, Garrett, pick us in. Who do the Wizards take here at 10? Yeah, it feels painful, uh, but I, I think Grady is my top guy on my board, but I feel like with the current personnel, it doesn't make a lot of sense to take him. Uh, we have quite a few off-ball shooters on, on, under contract. Taylor Hendricks, I think, is not a high enough upside play for a team that's just starting out uh, their rebuild. I'm going to go with Kobe Bufkin here at number 10 and for me uh i he was a guy who i watched early in the season when he wasn't really being used to his optimal role and thought okay this is a future prospect and then revisited him and said okay i i've completely misevaluated here and i'm ready to put him in my lottery right away a, a guy who is so efficient at getting to the rim for a 6-4 guard a guy who, who just posted unreal numbers this year and a guy who I think has a really underrated handle. Uh, I think that he's a guy who could lead an offense when he's talked more about as a combo guard. I think he could be a real point guard at some point in his career. And just a guy that I think has the tools to continue to grow at a rapid pace. And I think that he fits really well with the current Wizards core. So I'm excited to have him. Yeah, I think Bufkin is a fascinating pick here. Um, I'm on the clock again at 11 with the Magic, and I am absolutely sprinting to the podium to take Grady Dick. I was considering Dick at six, and it was a super hard decision for me to try and decide between Kassan Wallace and Dick for, for the Magic. And to walk out of this draft with both, just, I, I mean, I'm head over heels excited about that, I think. 
Um, you get a potential point guard of the future who is probably one of the more underrated players in this class is going to change your defense, uh, fit in and, and help you be an elite defense while also being a great setup guy, underrated scorer. And then you get, in my opinion, the best shooter in the class who is going to have to play the two for you, which might be a little weird defensively at first, but I, I trust this team to figure it out. And um, I think you're talking about just a fascinating group of big, strong players with varied skill sets and uh, just elite feel uh, all up and down the roster. So very happy with that. I'm actually back up with the Nets here at 12 because another trade to announce um, was, so the Thunder made that trade for the third pick and, and Stone already kind of mentioned some of the the shenanigans he's been pulling with the thunder um and another one that he that he did here to move on from 12 this was a three-team trade for 12 where the hawks received joe harris and kenrick williams um the thunder received john collins nick claxton and pick 21 the nets took on lou dort alexei pokusevsky aaron wiggins pick 12 pick 37 and pick 50 i'll talk about my side of that trade in a minute but first stone what was kind of going through your head as you made that trade? Uh, I wanted to consolidate some of the assets that we had for guys that I think accelerate our timeline. Um, the Hawks are really looking to get rid of that long-term money that John Collins had. And um, I felt that he was a useful player still for the Thunder. Uh, I thought that as a bigger guy who can space um, that had some value for us. Uh, and then, I really just wanted 48 minutes of like ridiculous rim protection. So now I have Claxton and uh, Chet to, you know, decipher between. I could start them both. I could play one off the bench. It really just depends on matchups. Um, but no matter what, I'll always have elite rim protection uh, in the game at all times. So that was a, a big motivator too. Garrett, do you want to give a quick kind of feel for your side from the Hawks here? Uh, I think that, uh, I'm a little bit concerned about John Collins kind of regression last year. And in addition to the fact that it's been pretty well documented that John Collins is looking for a different situation. So I was just looking to facilitate that. And I, I took the best value out there. Yeah. All right. So the nets here at 12, this is such an interesting pick for me because there's no one I'm like jumping up and down excited to get. But there are so many options here. And I think having traded Nick Claxton, kind of entering this new phase, I'm going to take Taylor Hendricks here. I, I think he is he's a flawed player, but he is someone who could be a solid piece to build around on both ends. Not in that he is any type of creator or even that type of, you know, wipe everything away uh, defensive player. But I, I think there's enough there with his skill set to where he's going to fit in with a lot of teams. He can really shoot the ball. I, I buy his defensive upside to a certain extent. Um, and I just I, I think that's a, a good mix of safe and solid for the Nets here, a team that has, you know, made quite a few moves as we'll as we'll continue to discuss. And the Thunder were involved in another trade here at 13 with the Raptors. Um this one was uh, really interesting. So, Stone, you're on the clock uh, with 90 seconds. Um, this is one that we've kind of known for a while that in one way or another, OG, OG Ananobi was going to be on the move. And it ends up that he's going to the Thunder along with the 13th pick. And the Raptors are receiving Trey Mann, Usmana Jang, the 2024 first-round pick via Houston, a 2024 first-round pick via Utah, 
2025 first round pick via Philly and a 2025 first round pick via Miami, as well as a 2025 second. So that is basically, you know, Trey Mann and Jang, one, two, three, four first round picks for OG and OB and pick 13. Coop, what was kind of your perspective as the Raptors here? Uh, so we had to send 13 because Stone traded away all of his picks before, and we had to include a pick that's in this draft class. Uh, so that's how I ended up with four picks, and Stone ended up with that 13th pick because we are trying to start a rebuild here. Uh, but, you know, getting four firsts, Usman Jang, who, uh, you know, I think can really be insulated. And he, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but at least here, like, we can really lean into, you know, Operation 6-7 or whatever they call it up in, up in Toronto. and uh, just kind of let him play around and do his thing. You know, that's a guy who the Thunder traded three firsts for. So, you know, we like to think of this as like nine firsts for OG and Anobi. So now in, in fictional Masai Ujiri's head, we ultimately won this trade because we got so many firsts for OG. Uh, but uh, we're, we're very happy with how we came out of this and we're you know, stocking the cupboards for our future rebuild, even if we have to hemorrhage, you know, a pick right now this year. Yeah, absolutely. Stone, uh, who are who are the Thunder taking here at 13? Um, the Thunder will take Bryce Sensaba here. Um we need uh high-end shooting. I think we definitely get that with Sensaba. Um, we now have him and OG on the wings. Um I have Sensaba at 10 on my board, so this is a little bit of a drop for me. Uh, I'll take the value. Um, I think that he really provides just like some awesome um i think he can shoot on his own but uh having playmakers alongside him uh with shay and amen and um jalen williams like he's gonna get as many catch and shoot looks as he wants and and capitalize on them to the highest degree so i'm really in on this pick and i think not only does it fit in need it's just part of a young core that we can continue to build with yeah, uh, at 14 here, the Pacers are on the clock. And this was obviously, it was the Pelicans pick. Um, but I decided to move on from this. This was the first trade we actually made. Um, the Pelicans traded Jonas Valanciunas, Dyson Daniels, and the 14th pick to the Pacers for Miles Turner, the 29th pick, the 32nd pick, and a 2024 Milwaukee second. For me, this is all about trying to maximize Zion. And Obviously, we've heard some rumblings that they might be looking to move on from Zion. I'll believe it when I see it. I want Zion. It, as cliche as it sounds, I want him next to a five who can shoot and protect the rim. And obviously, those unicorn players have become somewhat overrated. But at the same time, that's still an archetype I value. And that is um, I, something I was willing to make a, a, a pretty big trade for here at 14. Miles Turner is also on an absurdly team-friendly deal. Like one of the best contracts in basketball after that renegotiation extension. Uh, great kind of piece for team building. Um, um, I'm going to screw over Charlie because I'm evil and he didn't want to send me what I wanted for my guy here. Uh, we're sprinting to the the, uh, the Pacers here are uh, very happy to land Cameron Whitmore at, uh, at, at 14. Um, you know, just someone who's seen as this... Uh, you know, he's seen as a top five, six guy in this class, uber athletic. I think he is kind of a small ball four. Um, I think he can really fill as, as you know, a slasher and a cutter um, and, you know, can really kill. I think he can shoot. I think we buy the shooting. I think we really solidified our wings next to Hallie. And uh, we're, we're very happy with how the board's fallen so far. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, Garrett, you're on the clock here at 15 with the Hawks. Um, that I the board. So so this is the end of the lottery. I'm going to reread the lottery just really fast. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear, you know, if you're listening to this, your thoughts on how like realistic this is. We're not doing this from the perspective of realism. We're doing this from our personal boards. But there is like, I think, a semblance of I could see some things like this happening uh, other than the Brandon Miller at five. But we went Victor Wimanyama, Scoot Henderson, Amen Thompson, Anthony Black, Brandon Miller, Kasad Wallace, Asur Thompson, Bilal Koulibaly, Jairus Walker, Kobe Bufkin, Grady Dick, Taylor Hendricks, Bryce Sensbaugh, Cam Whitmore. Um, definitely some guys who would be considered consensus lottery still around. And let's see, Garrett, you're, you're up at 15. Let's see if you take one of them. Yeah, I was decided between Duke, two Duke players here, and I'm going to go with Dariq Whitehead. Uh, I think that uh, you could always use more guys who have shown their uh, expert off-ball players in Atlanta with the amount of usage that's already eaten up there. And I think Dariq, uh, while he was more of an on-ball player in high school, has really answered a lot of questions about both efficiency and off-ball uh, contributions this year. Uh, just put up in incredible shooting numbers, especially considering he's coming off an injury that typically hurts your shooting uh, numbers. Uh, looked a little overweight this year, so I think some of the questions about his defense and athleticism might be answered by him just simply getting into better shape. Uh, and I think it's an upside play here, a guy who I had top five coming into the season, and I am hoping to maybe get somewhere close to that, taking him here at 15. Yeah, I, I, I'm I still very, very high on Dariq. I have him uh, super high. Charlie, you're on the clock here with the Jazz at uh, at 16. Uh, I know you're upset about Cam Whitmore being gone, but the floor is yours. Take it away. Yeah, so funny enough, I actually tried to make a deal with Stone and Coop to get my guy Cam Whitmore. But after he was selected, I was thinking, no worries, I'll get my backup to Reek at, at 16. So I'm pretty heartbroken with these last two picks. But I was, I'm, I'm going to be going with Nick Smith Jr. here. I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised in this mock draft that he fell. So I know a lot of us are big fans of him. But getting giving the Jazz an initiator bat, you know, at, at this point in the rebuild, is something they really need. Like the only ball handlers on the roster are really like Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton. Um, so I, I love I love letting Nick Smith kind of run wild um, over the, ne the next year, the next couple seasons, letting him develop. See if what was there, you know, in, in the pre-college film, you know, comes back. He dealt with injuries all year. I still really, really buy him as a shot maker and just incredible touch. And I thought, I thought like pre-college, the passing was super, super impressive, way more than he was able to show in Arkansas. So, yeah, with all that, I'm going with Nick Smith at 16. Yeah, I I like that pick a lot. Stone, you are on the clock with the Lakers. Um, I think. You yeah, know what's a, a trade to announce, actually. Yeah, there is a trade. Uh, uh, do I want to know this? Um, it's okay. actually, it's pretty tame, actually. It's, okay. Uh, uh, Coop, go ahead. The floor is yours. So it's uh, the Pacers are trading Cam Whitmore to the Lakers, and the Lakers are sending 17 and a future 2029 unprotected first uh, to the Pacers. And uh, right. I can actually I can actually just make the pick. Go ahead. This is, this is who I wanted. Um, I was trying to bully somebody to give me a first round pick so I could move back and still get my guy. And uh, Stone's the one who bit because he loves Cam more than anybody here. But uh, 
the 17th pick in the NBA in the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, the Pacers select Leonard Miller out of the G League Ignite. Uh, we get our power forward of the future. We have him way higher on our board than this. Uh, you know, we didn't actually want Cam <laughs> because we already have Azar and the fit there is kind of poopy. But we're really happy to end up with Leonard, just somebody who can play a couple different positions, have star upside, get to the rim, uh, play as a role man, play as a... Uh, I don't know when you realize this wasn't serious, Charlie. Um, we are not, we are not serious people here at Upside Swings. But uh, don't let me. The Pacers, this. don't say the, we, including <laughs> me. Um, the Pacers win. We have come out with everybody we wanted, and we are retiring for draft night. I do have a little bit of like I do wonder a little bit what mo- motivated you, Stone, to to make this trade because Cam Whitmore seems like a really weird fit for a. Lakers team that wants to win. So what was kind of your process here? Um, I do not care about fit because I feel like Cam Whitmore, I have him as a top four or five guy in this class. I am all in on him. Um, and to me to get that value um, with a young guy that you can now continue to build your core with because LeBron and AD probably aren't lasting for a whole lot longer um, to me was, was a no brainer. Uh, the value is probably more than people want, but I, I think I view Cam as like a, a future building block for this team, and we don't really have that um, moving forward. Uh, and I, I wanted to get somebody like that. And I think uh, he could still provide value in the short term as I think a, a solid enough wing defender, which we have zero of, um, and uh, a, a slasher to get to the rim and finish. So I. I think it was more to do with the long-term viewpoint of it rather than the short-term. No, I, I find that really interesting. Um, this top 17 is actually fairly close to what my top 17 looks like, not in like perfect order by any means, but pretty damn close. There's a couple guys who went above where I have them. Uh, but other than that, like it's it's been, I don't want to say chalk for me, but it, it's been surprisingly close to my board. I feel like we're yet to see like, a gigantic move uh, or a gigantic like not move in terms of trades but a gigantic move in terms of player uh, movement or player rise um so uh is the pick in okay charlie the floor is yours yeah so this this pick is this pick is really tough for me i'm i'm very uh on the fence of going with between either jet howard or mr pods himself um so I mentioned when I did the heat podcast, I mentioned how I prefer them to kind of go with the younger guy. That's going to extend this core out. Um, even when it's not Jimmy Butler time, but I will say after being in the NBA finals, I think you have to maximize, um, you have to maximize these next couple of years. So instead of going with jet, who, who probably is not going to help um, too much in the next couple of seasons, I'm going with Brandon Podziemski, which I hope I said, right. But that's, that's the pick. I hope he can, He'll come in, shoot for us. You know, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess are both free agents this year. A um, little bit of insurance for those guys. And I think he can just be a valuable role player um, early in his career. So, All right. So we have a trade to announce. Uh, the Nets, who traded into this pick with the Warriors, which I will mention, um, that trade was one of the biggest trades we've done. The Warriors received McCall Bridges, Royce O'Neal, Daron Sharp, and pick 22. The Nets received Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin, the 19th pick, and two top five protected, protected first in the nearest allowable drafts, 
the rights to Guy Santos and Justinian Jessup. Uh, the Nets will probably bring over Guy Santos, and the Nets do not care about Justinian Jessup. Um, Garrett, we are now making a trade where the Blazers are trading to, uh, 21, two future seconds for pick uh, pick 18, or sorry, excuse me, uh, pick 19 to move up two spots. So, Garrett, you're on the clock with 90 seconds. Charlie, I want to throw this to you. What was your thinking with the Warriors here moving on from Jordan Poole to go after McCall Bridges? Yeah, so for what it's worth, even despite the recent playoff run, I still really like Jordan Poole as a long-term player. Like when he plays without Steph and, and when the, the Warriors are injured, he is insanely, insanely productive. And there's still a real upside there. So it was like I didn't want to go about trading him until I got approached about Mikel Bridges. And I was like, I cannot – pass that up also picking up Deron Sharp and Royce O'Neal and still holding on to a, a, a first in this draft is it, super bad because I think Royce actually fits really really well into what the Warriors do just as like a, a forward bet that just makes quick decisions and can do enough connected passing and shoot good enough um, and then Deron Sharp can realistically be our our, our starting five next year I, I loved I loved him as a prospect I think he's been good in his minutes um, in Brooklyn. You know, he's been behind Claxton, but I think he's been good. So, yeah, just maximizing the, the next couple of years I have the championship core. Mikel's obviously uh, a budding star. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was super in to make the deal. So really fast, before I give the floor to you to make your pick, Garrett, I just want to give a little, a, a little breakdown of the journey this 21st pick has gone on. So it started with me, the Nets. It was part of the the trade to the Thunder involving Nick Claxton and John Collins. It was then traded to the Blazers as part of the the trade for pick three. And now it has been traded back to me along with two seconds. So I feel like, remember when the Knicks traded like, what was it, like 25 and 34 for 22 and 29 in some like weird roundabout way in the IQ draft? I, I, sort, of, I sort of feel a little bit like that. So uh, happy, happy with that. Garrett at 19, you're up. Yeah, I, I traded assets here because I think this is a draft that really lacks centers. And I think the Blazers seeing a lottery level center still available here. They just have to trade up when Nurkic is just a liability at this point, both from injury and from play. Um, and so I'm going to go Derek Lively here. I think that he's a perfect rim protector for a Blazers defense that really needs somebody who's an ace from protector and a guy who doesn't really ask a lot offensively at this point in his career. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for this Blazers offense when they've got so many weapons already, a guy who just fits his role to a T does exactly what you need him to do. And, uh, just, you know, lifts, lifts all sinking boats. So yeah, we're going Derek lively. Love it. Love it. And, and I also, this might be the most realistic trade we make in the whole damn thing. Uh, pick two picks away for two seconds that's uh i feel like we see that all the time uh the bulls are actually on the clock and this was an interesting trade uh so the bulls who are uh me traded alex caruso and um uh alex caruso had a 2026 second rounder for landry shaman and pick 20 charlie as the Suns, what was kind of your uh well actually i should mention the trade that got the Suns here was kevin porter jr Jay Sean Tate and Alperin Shangun for DeAndre Ayton. So Charlie, I want to throw this to you first. What was your kind of thought process trading 
DeAndre Ayton, and then, uh, you know, basically in a combined package for basically guys like Sangoon, Porter Jr., and Caruso. Like, what is your idea for this team building? And then, Coop, when Charlie's done, if you want to go and kind of give your um, – your, the the Rockets fans are going to be mad at you for trading Sengun for DeAndre Ayton, but if you kind of want to give your rationale there after Charlie goes. Yeah, so I feel like the biggest problem for the Suns this year is they just needed more guys. Like, just they were starting – they were playing Damian Lee 30 minutes in the playoffs some nights. Toy Craig obviously started for a series. Josh Akogi, I, I like Akogi, but he has his problems. So, like, they just needed players who could fill roles – so swapping out Aiton, still getting number 20 back in Singoon, who I think we're all a little bit lower on a, a, as a prospect, but has very, very real upside. And then picking up K- KPJ, Jay Shante, getting our point of attack guy with Alex Caruso. It's just giving us bets at guys who can maybe fill a role for us around uh, KD and D-Book. Who knows what happens with the CP situation? I kind of went about this exercise as if he's not on the team. Um so, yeah, it's, it's just bets at guys who can maybe fill a role and do something in the playoffs. A lot of them are one-way players, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, uh, we, the Rockets, saw a guy like Aiton available, obviously very talented. Uh, you know, we watched him be like a Giannis stopper in the finals a few years ago. Uh, you know, you've watched him have his moments of being like the second best player on a team next to Devin Booker. And, uh, you know, former number one overall pick shouldn't have been that, but still like obviously a very talented center and who we think with a real coach, uh, you know, like Ime Yudoka, I, I really think that, that you can unlock, you know, a top five defensive center in basketball and a top 10 offensive center in basketball. And that's not something that comes along very often. Uh, and, and I think it's pretty easy to see him being one of the best, most switchable, most versatile centers in the game. And uh, if we have to give up Sen Sengun to get there, then, uh, you know, that's that's what you do. So. So, yeah. And, and then for me, with, with, with trading into here, uh, the the I just think the Bulls desperately need youth. They're going nowhere. And I don't really enjoy um, but like like where this team is at. But they're also a hard team to pick for. Because I don't trust them to develop anyone. They, you know, if they take a swing on someone who's kind of raw, all of a sudden, I mean, they failed at that so many times. They failed to develop Lowry Markinen. They failed to develop, um, you know, uh, uh, they failed to develop uh, a lot of guys. Um, so I'm kind of at this point where I want to take someone with a skill that I think is easily and obviously translatable. And then everything else can kind of be built around that. And so for me, I'm going to take Jet Howard. Um, Howard is someone I have a little higher than this, not a ton, kind of in a tier that makes sense here. But I think that he can, at the very least, really shoot the ball. This is a team that has struggled to get shooters. Um, and they just need – they. It, it's hard for me to bet on someone who I'm going to take with the next pick at 21 because that person needs more development. And uh, – that, that's kind of where I'm at. And then I'm up again at 21 with the Nets here. So I, I'm going to select Julian Phillips for the Nets. Um, Phillips is one of my guys in this class, I think. The Nets, again, already made a pick at 12 where they took Taylor Hendricks. Now getting Julian Phillips. I, I The Nets don't have like a creator bet, really. But you're building a team that is hopefully going to be really bad this year and is going to be built for a good 
creator to step in. Say you could draft a, you know, if Isaiah Collier is is what some people think he is, or DJ Wagner or whoever, you can draft that guy next year, and then you have elite wing defenders with shooting around. I think Julian Phillips can shoot. That's maybe my biggest disconnect from where he's ranked by consensus. I thought the Link Academy shot looked really good, and it just kind of fell apart a little bit um, moving forward. But it's kind of where I'm at. The Warriors are on the clock here at 22. This was part of the trade for um, this was part of the trade for uh, Jordan Poole and um, and McCall Bridges. And I'll talk a little bit about I did trade for Jordan Poole partially with the idea that maybe he could be that guy. Like he could be the type of trade for him guy. Um, and you know maybe he can be that creator. Bet I don't know if I 100 buy it but I think there's something there. Um, so Charlie, uh, you're on the clock. Um, yeah. So the Warriors are again, pretty distraught that Jet Howard got picked right before us. Um, it's also funny picking at 22 when all of my top 20 prospects are gone, which is I think rare and unlikely and whatever. But with this pick, we're going to go with Maxwell Lewis. And while I'm not confident, he's going to be able to play a role for us super early. I do buy, I do buy him more than a lot of other players in this class, just because I, I really buy the shooting. You know, the stridling stuff is super impressive on drives. He definitely has some handles, some interesting ways to get into his his pull up. Um, so there's upside there. He's obviously a little older for a a raw bet, but I like him here for the Warriors. I think he can fit in nicely. I think the connected passing is going to be just fine in their, their movement heavy system. Um, so yeah, Max is the pick at 22. No, I think, I think that's a good pick. And this team is um, now, you know, full of some fun wing bets. And if Lewis doesn't work out, it's not the worst thing in the world. They did move on from, uh, from Moses Moody and uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. So they kind of needed guys to fill that role. Garrett, you're on the clock here with the Blazers. So I think the Blazers here, uh, I still think that while we didn't move Anthony Simons in this mock, that long-term uh, Anthony Simons is probably somebody that is a candidate to be moved for the Blazers. So I'm going to go ahead and just take who I think is the best uh, guard here, and that's Keontae George. Um, I, I was kind of surprised with his late season tape to see how hard his defense fell off. So it's partly why I have him a little bit lower than I was thinking I would going into the season, but just a guy who is an unreal shot maker and I think has potential as a playmaker um, as, as he gets uh, grows into his game. Uh, but right now, I mean, we just need a guy who has the upside to be a creator um, so that we have flexibility moving forward as a team. And I think Keontae George uh, is going to learn from some of the best on, on this roster. So excited to have him in Portland. Love it. No, I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting pick. And uh, yeah, Simons is probably not long for this roster, whether he was traded now or he'll be traded later. Um, he's the type of guy who has more value to teams that are a lot worse than the Blazers want to be. So that's kind of, you know, that that always makes trades easier. Stone, you are on the clock here with the Kings. Um, Charlie, you mentioned that your top 20 was gone. And I do find that interesting. I don't, I wonder if it's a draft Twitter thing or if it's just kind of, we're all in a similar spot because most of my top 20 is gone here too. And there's not a ton of, um, you know, there's, there's one guy in my top 20 who isn't gone. And 
there's not a ton of picks that I've that I've seen so far where I'm like, oh, that's a bad pick on my board. That's bad value. And I, I find that really interesting. And, and we'll, we'll, as, as this kind of first round is about to wrap up, we'll kind of get everyone's thoughts on the first round, how things shook out. But I, I do find that interesting, uh, to say the least. Brian, we've actually we haven't heard from you in a while uh, because you've traded picks and 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 that's kind of just how the board shook out. What are your thoughts on how this kind of top twenty three has gone so far? Yeah, all right, we have another trade. Uh, this one is a is another last second trade. So, Coop, I'll I'll cede the floor to you to discuss this trade. Yeah, so the uh, the Cavs have moved up from thirty three to twenty four, and the cost of doing that. So it's the Cavs sent out or. Is, so they sent out 33, two seconds, and Chetty Osman and received pick 24 and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, so we're very happy with this. We're big fans of Holmes, uh, and we get to move up here to 24 to take someone who we really like, who we think can really, maybe not full-time fill that hole at the three, but we think can really shoot, can really defend multiple positions, uh, is one of my guys in this draft. Uh, and here at 24, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to select Colbert Jones out of Xavier. And, uh, you know, just somebody, we really buy the versatility, we really buy the size, uh, we really buy just the high feel for the game. And just somebody who we want badly on this roster. And we also get Rashawn, who we really like, even though the Kings don't for some reason. We should mention that pick 33 was only on the Cavs because of a trade involving the Cavs and the Spurs where uh, the Cavs uh, got Ken Birch and Keldon Johnson and the Spurs received Jared Allen and Lamar Stevens. This is not a small trade. Um, Stone, I want to get your perspective really fast on uh, on kind of Jared Allen next to Wemby and your feeling on that fit. Um, I, if you couldn't tell with the Thunder, I was really valuing rim protection um, so I think Allen can play minutes when Wemby's not on the court. I also think they can play together because I really, really buy Wembenyama's shooting ability. Um, I think that it's not really a clunky fit at all. Um, I think Wembenyama is skilled enough to fit next to basically any other big. So, uh, I, I thought that, you know, having two monster rim protection guys, um, for a guy who, I mean, Keldon's fine, but I think he has his struggles defensively for sure. So um, I, I wanted to cash that in a little bit and, and take advantage uh, of, of just adding to ridiculous rim protection. And then you have Sohan still on the wings. Um, so the spacing's a little clunky, but I think Wimbanyama really buys a shooter to, to make that work. Where are you at with kind of what you've done with the Cavs here, trading up for Colby Jones, trading for Keldon Johnson, moving on from Jared Allen, just kind of what have been your overall, what's been your overall ethos with the Cavs here? Uh, we feel like, you know, uh, Jared Allen's great. Uh, I don't, I don't think that we're going to be able to, to fully win with a, uh, you know, a center taking up that much of our cap hold. And I think that we could get guys like Ken Birch, guys like Rashawn to come in and, and give you some of that offensively, some of that defensively. We really want to be able to unlock Mobley. And we're able to get a small forward who hopefully with less usage can go back to being a two-way player instead of just being an offensive engine type guy. Uh, someone who's really athletic. We buy the upside with, with Keldon. Um, and someone in Colby who is, is just super versatile. We buy the defense. We buy some of the, you know, the secondary initiation. 
uh, can be a great connector, can play different roles. I, we, we think he can really shoot. Just getting more wings, more wing bets, uh, and then really buying into Mobley just being really good. And I, I, our future really hinges on him. And I, as much as Jared Allen insulates him defensively, uh, I don't think that we're going to be winning playoff series with him and Allen closing games together. I think it's just too exploitable offensively. And, uh, you know, we can get guys like Rashawn and Ken Birch on the cheap and, and just let Mobley cook. Yeah. All right, Brian, the pick is in at 25. The floor is yours. All right. Yep. Up here with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. So, um, at this point, there are a few players that I think I would be fine taking. So I think 25 is a good spot to stick for the Grizzlies. But um, I think the direction I'm going to go in, I want somebody who can potentially, uh, you know, play a little bit of a creator role, you know, maybe as a second or third option in that department, but also somebody that might long term be able to replace Tyus Jones. So we're going to go with Jalen Hood Shafino. We think that he gives us a little bit of positional versatility. Um, he, some of us believe in his playmaking potential more than others, but, uh, I think he's a guy that, uh, in Memphis's system with the training he's going to get there, I think he can, you know, go a couple different directions that, uh, will still be good for the Grizzlies in the end. So excited to get him a freshman pickup and we're, we're looking to really improve going into the playoffs next year. Yeah, no, uh, all right. Uh, the Pistons are on the clock here with the pick that they got via the Pacers. Oh, the Pistons received pick 26 and the Pacers just received a 2026 lotto protected pick. Uh this is just the Pistons wanting another pick in this draft and the Pacers not wanting to make, you know, five picks. So, Charlie, the pick is in. The floor is yours. Um yeah, so at 26, I'm going to select one of my guys in this class, which is Julian Strother. Um I think the Pistons really lack any kind of like bench shooting, bench scoring and, and I think I know he kind of has his head in his ass on defense a lot of times, but you you would hope by year three, year four, if he, you know, develops defensively and he can unlock his offensive package because with the floater, I think he really is one of the best shooters in this class. I think there's there's a very real there's very real starting outcomes um, in the cards for for Julian. So I love getting him here at 26. I think he's going to fit really well on the roster again, just spacing the floor for Cade and, and Ivy. I think it often goes. Um, unnoticed how important spacing is for for development um so yeah that, that's the big at 26 yeah no I, I i love it um brian you're on the clock here with the hornets yep we're ready here in charlotte we're going with a huge upside swing here at 27 um we're gonna go with gg jackson out of south carolina um you know there are some concerns with his level of maturity and everything but i think um, with his size and athleticism and even his ability to score the ball and shoot the ball at such a young age, really impressive. And hopefully he's able to get in the gym with Scoot and, you know, be part of that culture that we're setting here in the Hornets for the next few years. Yeah, no, I think uh, the Hornets are in need of some, some, some wing shooting for sure. And, and Jackson, despite all his flaws, I think can hit shots and, and, and is, you know, a big forward wing. And there is some, definitely some upside there. Um, Charlie, you're back on the clock here with the Jazz. Yeah, so after selecting Jairus at number nine, the space is going to be a little bit clumped, at least early in his career. I, I do believe in, in Jairus shooting long-term, at, at least at like a league average level on spot-ups. Um, but with him, Lowry, and Kessler, it's, it's big. It, it might get a little clunky. So at 28, we're going with arguably the best shooter in the class in Jordan Hawkins. 
Um, I mentioned at nine, I really considered getting Grady Dick, but I, I didn't love the offensive infrastructure, you know, to really utilize a movement shooter. But again, it's so early in the rebuild that having someone with that shooting ability that in, in time, if they get the initiator and the offense that really maximizes that movement shooter, I think Jordan Hawkins could be super valuable for him. So that's the pick at 28. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, as a jazz fan, I'm into that pick. Um, I'm on the clock here uh, at 29 with the pace or with the Pelicans. This was part of the Miles Turner trade. I wanted to make sure I got some first round capital back. And man, am I glad I did because I absolutely love this, this, this selection uh, at 29 for the pacer or for the Pelicans. That's Marcus Sasser. Um, Sasser has some, <laughs> Sasser has some, uh, you know, some warts, but I think, he makes a lot of sense as like a late first bet to me as someone who just is going to contribute to winning basketball. Um, the Pelicans don't have a ton of guard bets. Like Kyra Lewis is on this roster and I still like Kyra, but he just can't stay healthy. He didn't look like particularly great last year by any means. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be worthy of an extension. A guy like Sasser, you can have on, on the cheap for four years. Um, he's a little old, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm generally into this pick. Uh, Garrett, you're on the clock here at 30 with the Clippers um charlie i do want to throw this to you uh just for a second we kind of we kind of you know walked past this um but i do want to ask you you mentioned taking um julian strother at 26 with the pistons pistons have kind of had a, a, a an interesting draft what and then obviously trading for kj martin what's kind of your general ethos for this team moving forward yeah, so I mentioned earlier the Pacers are a super fun team to build around because you already have the core pieces. I mean, between Cade, Ivy, and Durant, I think you have three, you know, probably good starter at least on, like, the low-end outcomes, and then there's, like, real star upside between the three. So it's all about filling in around them. And, and you can see through all my picks and my general draft philosophy, I value shooting almost the most, like if I have to choose between a shooting prospect and one who's kind of looked at as a connector, I, I almost always lean shooting just because it, it raises the floor for every prospect. You know, I feel like a huge portion of prospects who burn out usually it's just because the shooting does not develop. And then, yeah, just spacing the floor for those guys. I love giving Cade um, an extra lob threat with, with KJ Martin. I think he's a good defensively. You know, you, you would think between Cade, Duran, KJ Martin, Brandon Miller's probably going to be good enough. Uh, the defense is going to be there. And then offensively, I really like the, the infrastructure too. We also still have Bojan for, for, for next year too. So we can make a run at the play in. You, you never know. And I, just, I love building the team around my, my core pieces with shooters. Yeah. Garrett at 30, you're up. Yeah. I, I've had two guys go in a row who I was considering here for the Clippers. Uh, I think I'm going to take a backup center here uh, behind Zubach. And I think a guy who's very underrated in Kong Castleton. Um, for me, I think that the number one skill that like stands out with him is his rim protection, but also he's a, is a pretty mobile big, especially for someone that you're getting in this range. I think his offense, uh, he, he's learned to play within himself offensively over the years at Florida. And I think that at this point, he's a guy who's just going to make good decisions. A guy who's got a nice elbow jumper, but also can, can work in the post and, you know, has good size. So, to me, perfect backup big. No, I, I love that pick. I'm higher on um, I'm higher on Concast than many. This this seems about fair for him and, and a team that could really use him. Uh, 
you know, could he fill in that, uh, that skill set of, um, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein that he left in his wake for potentially, uh, Stone, I know the pick is in for you at 31. I cannot even remember the exact machinations through which the Spurs got pick 31. Um, oh, wait, but... I, th- I need to explain this because this is very complicated. Okay, okay I can't do this one. So 31 comes to the Rockets for the KJ for Isaiah Livers and 31 trade. And then the Rockets package that in the Devin Vassell blockbuster, which is what is going to get me absolutely destroyed on Rockets Twitter. If I can find the exact details. It ended up turning into a three-teamer, but for the Rockets receive Devin Vassell in a 2025 second. And they send out Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher, uh, Ty Ty Washington, 31, two, two first-round picks, and three seconds for Devin Vassell. And then there's a bunch of stuff with the Mavs uh, where the Spurs get Tim Hardaway and a few other guys. But uh, yeah, the Spurs ended up with 31 by sending the Rockets, Devin Vassell, as we talked about, we're trying to build a winning culture with great young guys. And uh, we have metric ass loads of cap space now. So uh, we have all our guys, we have cap space and, and, and we're trying to win now. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to, to uh, discuss much of the win now stuff, um, but Vassell is, a, that's a great trade. I thought the Spurs really whiffed on that one because Vassell and Wemby would have been an elite duo. Um, but I do want to talk really quickly about the entirety of the first round that we just completed. going to read it. I'll try and go fast. Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, Amin Thompson, Anthony Black, Brandon Miller, Kassan Wallace, Asur Thompson, Bilal Koulibaly, Jairus Walker, Kobe Bufkin, Grady Dick, Taylor Hendricks, Bryce Sensabaugh, Cam Whitmore, Dariq Whitehead, Nick Smith Jr., Leonard Miller, Brandon Podjemski, Derek Lively, Jet Howard, Julian Phillips, Max Lewis, Keontae George, Colby Jones, Jalen Hutchfino, Julian Strother, Gigi Jackson, Jordan Hawkins, Marcus Sasser, Colin Castleton. That's your top 30. Um, I would say you can kind of see where the fall off happens. Uh, this is like a consensus thing in boards. It's kind of right once you get past 23. It's like, uh, who knows where the board is going to go from here. Um, but I'm fascinated to see how the second round breaks out. Stone is on the clock with the Spurs, and I know the pick is in, so go ahead. Yeah, uh, I will take uh, Terquavion Smith here with pick 31. Um, to briefly tie it into the the Devin Vassell deal, uh, obviously I need shooting now um, without Vassell and, and having Allen instead of Keldon. Uh, I am probably the biggest Terquavion fan that I've seen. Um, I think that he's a really solid self-creator who can just get ridiculously hot from three um, and I think provides that level of spacing that we need. Uh, I did trade Vassell. Um, partially it was because Cooper was mad at me. I needed him to talk to me again. The other part was that um, I thought I didn't get that bad value. Like I still got Josh Christopher from the steal from just trading uh, Vassell. Uh, basically, I ended up getting Josh Christopher, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract that I had to take on, even though he can provide somewhat of a spacing role for us because now we actually need it. Um, Ty Ty Washington, pick 31, unprotected 24 and 26 firsts, which I think um, has a good chance, at least the 24, of being fairly high up. Uh, and then, you know, four future seconds. So 
I'll take all of that for Devin Vassell. Um, I know Vassell would have worked really, really well. Um, I think that it's still good value. It, I probably um, would prefer Vassell over this, but I also had to get Cooper to talk to me so I could make other trades. Um, but I don't think the value is all that bad uh, when you look at it in totality. And I think Turquavion helps us here at pick 31. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm on the clock and I should mention too, we're going to go a little quicker in the second round. Uh, if you want to make trades, like, like pull up the, the chat, look at the board and like try and make them ahead of time because I'm going to cut it down to 60 seconds because we are going a little long and just as soon as you have a pick in, put it in the chat. I'm not even always going to say like you're on the clock. I might just type that in the chat and, and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, but the Pelicans are at an interesting spot here at 32, just drafted Marcus Sasser. Um, what I'm looking for is a little interesting because it feels like this roster doesn't really have any holes. I don't want to take a stash because I have guys in in uh, in in uh, tiers above my stash guys. So I'm going to take a weird one, and this is one that I don't know the injury stuff on this guy. Um, if he's healthy, I think he's worth this pick. If the knee is mush, then he's not. But I don't know that, and I'm not a doctor. So I'm going to take Fa Boogity here. Um, I think that he is a funky rim runner who can block shots, maybe shoot. I would have drafted him after his sophomore year at WSU. Uh, he goes to Julie Ignite, he gets hurt. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's where we're at. Stone, you're up at 33 with the Kings. Uh, if you're ready, go ahead. Yeah, um, the Kings are ecstatic for getting two future seconds getting off of Rashawn Holmes longer term money because we don't view him as a, as a valuable asset. And uh, honestly, he's declined a bit. So uh, we'll take on Chetty's expiring deal, bring him on as a shooter. Um, and we're going to bring on Andre Jackson Jr. here, someone we would have taken at 24. So to get him at 33, we're really happy about it. Um, I think he works really well as a backup point guard here. Um somebody that can get all these floor spacers where they need to be and, you know, the best possible shots. Um, I think he provides a lot of defense um, for them too at the point of attack can really be whatever you need defensively can play on the wings or whatever, probably not playing much with De'Aaron Fox on the same uh, during the same time. But I think uh, having someone like Andre Jackson jr. For backup is, is really, really valuable. So uh, I'm the Kings are really happy with this pick. Yeah, Brian, you are on the clock here at 34, and then you're also at 35. So if you have two picks and you just want to make them back-to-back, just make sure you clarify. Hornets at 34, Celtics at 35. Gotcha. Yep. So uh, the Hornets, they are ready to make their next pick today. Uh, so the Hornets, uh, we're going to go and try to add some more you know, wing forward depth. We're going to go with uh, Chris Murray uh, at 34. I'm shocked that the Kings passed up on getting the twins together but uh the hornets will take him at uh 34 and you know just gives us a little bit of shooting uh that we need and gives us another option in the wing room because that uh wing depth has been a little bit depleted uh especially since um you know miles bridges is not able to play but um moving forward to uh number 35 the celtics um i think with the celtics we want to go with a player that could potentially replace Grace uh, Grant Williams if he uh, ends up being a little too expensive in free agency. So we're going to go ahead and draft City Sissoko. He's already got you know a little bit of a professional experience playing in G League this past year. 
And uh, he's a guy that we expect to be able to, you know, fill in the gaps, kind of like how Grant Williams has done over the last few years. And he'll definitely be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, no. So I'm up now with two straight picks. Uh, and the first one is with the Magic. And the Magic here, again, they're at a weird spot where the thing I want is shooting. But I kind of have like a tear break between the guys who I think could really fill that and who I, you know, like, and and who I think is better. So I'm going to take a weird one, and I don't know how he looks here, but he's the best value on my board, and that's Ricky Council the fourth. Um, Council has a lot of warts. Um, the defense is is questionable. The playmaking is inconsistent, but he's six five, and he just lives at the rim all the time. He is constantly getting on top of the rim. Uh, he's a great finisher, free, free throw tank, and he did that in pretty bad spacing and. I'll bet on that to, you know, maybe take a step in the league. I have a first-round grade on him. And then at 37, I'm going to take the last guy I have a first-round grade on. This is with the Nets. It was via the Thunder. Um, this was also part of that uh, Nick Claxton trade. Um, and I'm going to take Mike Miles uh, Jr. I think Miles is a bit of the forgotten guy in this class. Uh, he looked good at you at you uh, was that U21s uh, a while ago playing with, like, Chet Holmgren and stuff. Um, he's been good every single year for TCU. He lives at the rim pretty consistently. He's small, but he can shoot. He can play make like, I kind of don't know why he's not talked about at all. He's a first rounder for me and I'll take him here at 37 with the nets stone. You are up with the Kings. Uh, so the floor is yours. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Kings are really happy with how this draft has played out for them. They're going to go with Seth Lundy here. Um, just expand on that shooting, um, shooting, shooting, shooting all over the wings. Uh, you have Andre Jackson Jr. and in, in Fox at the point. Uh, so the fact that they aren't the best floor spacers doesn't really matter when you're surrounding them outside of Sabonis with like some of the best shooting in the league. Um, and we're excited to just add to that arsenal. Brian, if you're ready, uh, you are on the clock. For the 30, 39 Hornets, uh, we're going to go ahead and select Amari Bailey. Uh, he's a guy that's dropped uh, on my board, at least. Uh, young player. I really was not too impressed with his uh, early tape over you know, at uh, Sierra Canyon because we've been watching him play for so long, but uh, really grew into his game. I think he is willing to play a little bit less of an on-ball role, and he proved that last year at UCLA. So. Um, I think getting him as the fourth pick in the draft for the Hornets is a really solid value. Yeah, uh, I'm up here at 40 with the Nuggets. Um, and this is a weird spot for me because obviously the Nuggets just won a championship. Um, the guy I really wanted went in the first round at 30. So I'm I'm a little upset there. I, I thought he would be here. Um, I think the stuff they really need is stuff this class is kind of weak on, like a backup big, um, you know, someone who can maybe like, be a be a defender and shooter at the wing but i'm just gonna take best guy left on my board and that's nikos rogkavapoulos uh who is greek he is uh he played for turkey um and he played not for turkey he played in turkey um and i think he's really good like i i and this is no shot at strother going 26 but I'm happier with Rod Kavapoulos at 40 than I would have been with Strother in the first round. I think he is at that level. Um, uh, it's He's just really good. I, I don't know. I can't. 
I can't really uh, explain it. He's just a really good shooter. Uh, can't really put the ball on the ground. Not super athletic. Defense is he's tenacious. He's not particularly good, but there's there's enough there. Um, Brian, uh, you're you're up again here with the, with the Hornets, and you're that the, you're probably running out of roster spots here shortly. Yes, yes, we are, but we are going to make the pick here. So uh, at uh, 41, the Hornets will select Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas. Uh, just another guy adds that wing depth. Uh, we took a whole lot of wings in this draft. We're hoping at least two of those guys pan out. And if it's more than that, then, uh, you know, I think things are looking really good for Charlotte with uh, LaMelo Ball and Scoot Henderson in the backcourt. Uh, Garrett, you're up at 42 here uh, with the Wizards. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I, I'm going to take Hunter Tyson here out of Clemson. I think he is potentially the best shooter from the wing spot, uh, forward spot, depending how you categorize him, left in this draft. Uh, a guy who brings a lot of different shooting versatility, likes to play off ball. Uh, just a guy who I think fits right into the uh, team and can carve out a role quickly. Yeah, he can be part of that all-white, all-shooters lineup that we all know that the Wizards desperately want to run. Um, no, We're, we're going to run Kispert, we're going to run Hunter Tyson, we're going to run Davis Bertans. <laughs> and then and then Kristaps at the five and two, two, Jenny two, Altia two, at the point. That's... We need two more white shooters to complete Exodia. <laughs> I, I uh, No, I love it. And I think Hunter Tyson's a great pick here. I think he is someone who's gone underrated. Um, he's not just a good shooter. He's also just like a good off-ball mover very efficient finisher because he's such a good closeout attacker and because he won't take hard twos he just won't do it unless he absolutely has to um so i i, I like his game uh um uh, stone you are on the clock with the 43rd pick uh via the blazers can't remember exactly how you got that if we have missed any trades by the way again i i highly recommend that and i'll link it once it comes out we will put out like a like a article or, or however you want to put it on our website where we go through this mock draft we go through the trades and we kind of get like stuff like that from everyone so if you really want like a whole look at, at all the craziness that went down without having to listen to it and uh hear our rambles go check that out uh but stone you're up at 43 um well i was thinking about need but we don't need need i'm gonna go with jaime Hawkins here um i know my uh my co-host absolutely hate his guts, but I think that he is um, a really solid basketball player who just helps with winning. Um, I think the after all the trades we've made, the Thunder do have a need for wings at that position. Hawkins probably isn't the shooter, the level of spacer that you would want um, with the other personnel that we've brought in, but I do think that he is, um, you know, a really solid bet to get minutes for this team that is now depleted at that position and um, still help you as like a, uh, a ball mover passer and, and just do a lot of the little things as a glue guy. Yeah, no, that's uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see another PAC 12 guy go, you know, both from UCLA. So that hurts. Um, but other than that, two PAC 12 guys in a seven pick range, I'll take it. Um, Garrett, I know you're a PAC 12 fan too. So salute to you. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's tough in the draft this year, but Brian, you're up here at 44 with the Mavericks. This pick was via the Spurs. Uh, the floor is yours. Great. So, uh, yep, with the Mavericks picking this one up, uh, we are looking to uh, get some you know, depth inside. We really traded almost every piece of the rotation we could to get Bradley Beal. So we're really just looking to add pieces. So uh, in this trade, we're able to uh, pick up uh, Usman Garuba, we're able to get Doug McDermott and Charles Bassey. So 
Um, we've already got, uh, so picking up Usman Garuba, Charles Bassey to add to the uh, roster was big for us. And then getting a pick to add some a cheap contract. Um, we're actually ecstatic that uh, we've got a center option on the board. There's actually a couple of them, but uh, we're going to go with James Najee out of FC Barcelona, uh, 6'10", rim running big, who we really don't have on the roster um, other than Bassey, but one of them can figure it out, and we are really excited about where we're moving with the, the big three we have. Um, and then I'll go ahead and pass it to myself for the uh, Grizzlies here at 45. And uh, for 45 with the Grizzlies, um, we're going to go with uh, Omax Prosper out of Marquette, uh, somebody who has kind of been getting a little bit of first round buzz over the last few weeks. So um, we're excited to get him down here at 45 and move through the rest of the draft. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think those are both interesting. The Bucks oh. sent a future second and 58 Uh-oh. to to get this uh, because they're desperate to do something. And nobody wants to trade with them because they have nothing. But uh, they just, you know, they want to they want to have fun just like anybody else. And uh, here at 46, uh, the Bucks are going to get funky and they're going to take AAC legend Craig Porter Jr. Um, just, you know, has some of the most interesting stats uh, of anybody imaginable. Small guard who can really block shots, really brings hustle, really brings grit. Uh, you know, we've seen Javon Carter like. Be, you know, be a, be a player for them and guys like that. And I think he can cut, I think he can initiate. He's just really solid. And uh, you need cheap guys who, who hustle and bring grit next to Giannis, you know, next to this roster. And, and he's going to play a lot because this roster is, is going to be a bit of a shit show next year, especially if they lose Brooke Lopez. Uh, and I think Porter is like the most likely guy to actually play get minutes that's left on the board after you guys selected all my actual favorite second round picks earlier. Um, and then the Raptors, uh, I give it to myself. The Raptors got this pick from the Lakers when um, Stone begged me to take Mo Bamba <laughs> from him. I think it's basically, uh, what's his name? It was Bamba for Boucher. Basically. Bamba for Boucher and like picks. And we got 47 here. And uh we are going to take Muhammad Gay here at uh, at 47. We get a, a bit of an upside play, another massive guy who can maybe do stuff. Uh, you know, we are rebuilding, and we do have more forward minutes now. And uh, so we're we're very, very happy that we get, you know, somebody who we believe has first-round upside and can really be that center of the future. And we got rid of Boucher, who will be a, a fake center and can go be a fake center for the Lakers. Garrett, you're up here at 48 with the Clippers, and I know the pick is in, but I also, like, you and I have talked about this multiple times. Do you want to talk just for a second about how poor the depth is at this point in the draft and just how barren the the land seems to, seems to be? Yeah, I think there are a couple of names here that I'm okay with taking, but I, th- I posted on Twitter yesterday that I think this year has the most, if I had to go by my own tiers, kind of like the fringe class. Like, this has the largest uh fringe section of my board of any draft because it really just goes bare early in the 40s uh you're kind of just taking guys that you can hope can be your backup can maybe hope that they're your third stringer and or guys that you're really drafting for one skill and one skill only so um with that being said uh a guy who has a pretty narrow skill set the clippers don't have a lot of roster spots 
Yeah, you know, the Clippers like playing small lineups. This guy's an undersized big. I'm going to take Trace Jackson Davis here. Just a guy who can maybe play on the Clippers. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge Trace Jackson Davis guy, but I think this is fine range for him. At this point, it's hard to say there's any such thing as a bad pick. Charlie, you're up at 49 with the cat. We have a trade to announce. Uh, Charlie moved up from 52 to 49 and traded an additional future top 42nd to come to 49 and take Trace Jackson Davis, who is now gone. Charlie, the floor is yours. Uh, you can vent a little bit and then uh, go ahead and make a selection here for the Suns. Yeah, so I, I actually I told Coop individually that TJD was my guy here. That, that's what I made the deal for. Um, but we're fine. We're fine. We, we have another guy who we don't mind picking at, at 49 and Noah Clowney. Again, unlike TJD, I don't really believe in him to, to play any kind of minutes for us next year. But he's a he, he's big. He's young. He, he played on a, a great Alabama team this year. Once you get to 49, right, a lot of these guys aren't going to hit anyway. So I don't mind that bet at all, even though I didn't get my guy here. Charlie, if you want TJD, he's available for two firsts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll pass on the two first. I'll pass on that. What's uh, uh how about Josh Kogi? No, um, Charlie and I had a, had that Alex Crusoe trade break down earlier because uh, he did not want to include Josh Kogi. So, um, so you're up here at 50 with the Thunder. Uh, how who's who's uh, who's your pick here? Huh. We are getting funky with Andrew Funk. Um, I think that he provides us a level of shooting that we really, really need. Um, yeah, it's a late pick. Most of these guys aren't expected to play really any minutes or, or play long-term. He, This is a pick straight for need at this point, this far in the draft, and I do think that Funk can really provide that need. As um, I mean, basically, we have Isaiah Joe, Sensabon, OG as our shooters. We need more of that, um, and I think there's – uh, uh, Funk gives like an outlet for a lot of the creators that we have to be a floor spacer. Andrew Funk is the closest thing I've seen uh, to an NBA prospect who plays like Carter Skaggs, so I'm all in. Uh, shout out to... I, I don't even know if Garrett remembers Carter Skaggs. He's the Pac-12 guy here. He probably doesn't. My favorite all-time WSU basketball player. All right, uh, I'm up here with the Nets and I'll take, I'll take Alex Fudge. Um, the Nets have just drafted like non-stop defensive wings in this class and why not just add another one i mean you can't really have too many guys who can defend competently on the wing um can fudge do literally anything else probably not uh stone when we did our pod on him said he's probably the worst offensive player we've ever evaluated and i think there is some logic to that but he plays hard kind of and he can really defend uh, he has some moments looked weird i thought this was going to be his year um but yeah, Coop, you're up here at 52 with the Cavs. Yeah, Cavs are sprinting to the podium to uh, announce Jalen Slauson to uh, the Cavs here at, uh, at 52. We traded back, got an extra second rounder, uh, someone who we think can be a little bit scheme versatile, uh, maybe can space the floor. He's like 40 and hasn't been great at it, but maybe if we get the confidence up, uh, you know, we think he can be an interesting fit next to Mobley. And worst case scenario, he's just like, oh, we can run him in certain schemes and, and see if there's anything there. There's obvious funk, obvious defensive stuff there. Uh, we'll just have to play around. And, and if he can't figure it out next to Mobley, then uh, maybe he's just not destined for the NBA. So I, I think it's a worthy bet here at 52. Uh, Stone, you are up with back-to-back -back picks here at 53 and 54. We'll go quick here. Uh, 
who who you got at 53 um i'm gonna go with imani bates for the timberwolves at 53 um he, this is about the range i'd look at him i think that the i was looking at the wolves to try and make trades with literally anybody and it's so difficult um to, to make anything they just gotta take the biggest swing that they can um there's probably not a huge likelihood that Imani ever, you know, translates to anything, but he's probably got the best upside of anyone around this range. So I'm just going to take that swing. Uh, for 54, the Kings are absolutely Usain bolting it to the podium and shoving the Timberwolves out the way to make this selection. Uh, they are taking Charles Bediaco, um, because he is the GOAT. Uh, he gives them the backup center that they hadn't had really all season last year. Uh, upgrade over Rashawn Holmes and um, gives them a, a level of rim protection that they have been lacking. This is uh, both Namias Keda and uh, Alex Len Slander. So just so we're clear, um, Charlie, you were up here at 55 with the heat via the Pacers. Uh, the floor is yours, my man. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to get funky here and go with Marquise Noel, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to be a little more responsible. I'm going to select Ryan Rupert. This I'm I'm really not a huge fan of him as a prospect, similar to Clowney, but at 49 and 55, I think those are really good values on just young guys with some kind of athletic tools. Repair has great length. I love the uh, ferociousness that he plays with on the defensive end. Um, so yeah, he going Ryan Repair at 55. Yeah, no, uh, Brian, you're on the clock here at 56. You seem a little upset. Repair's gone. Uh, who's who's your take here? Yeah, Rupair, again, I kind of say the same thing as Charlie. I'm not the highest on Ryan Rupair, but um, getting him at 55 is uh, a surprise, I would say. But um, yeah, 56, we're going to go ahead and take a defensive gamble here. We're going to go with Jalen Clark out of UCLA. Um, We know he had the injury at the end of last season, so uh, I'm not exactly sure if he'll be ready to go early on, but um, I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, we'll wait and see if he can contribute. The Grizzlies aren't really in big need of guys to contribute at this point in the draft. Yeah, no, uh, Garrett, you're on the clock here at 57 with the Wizards. Um, go, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, West Coast represent here. I'm going to take Omari Moore out of San Jose State here at 57. Uh, I think that for me, he, I've always compared him a little bit to Will Barton, maybe not the shoe that Will Barton was, but the same kind of offensive style. And we seem to like Will Barton last year. I don't know if Wizards fans loved Will Barton, but you know, it clearly we have a role for him there. Uh, and, and a guy who just makes good decisions off the bounce, a guy who, who can come off screens and, and just, uh, you, you can trust his decision-making every time. So get him here at 57. I hope he gets a roster spot. And Gary, you're up at you're up at 58 unless you want that bag of lays. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm considering your offer of a bag of chips, and I think I'm going to accept here. Okay, uh, pick 58. I I don't know why, but I just really like to make the Mister Irrelevant pick. Um, and this is one that's like a lot of people are going to be shocked that this player is still here. And I'm not in love with this game at all, but much like with Ryan Repair at 55 or Noah Clowney uh, a little earlier. Um, this is a uh, a guy who I'm comfortable with in this range, and that's Kobe Brown. Um, Kobe Brown, not a particularly good, um, not a not a particularly good um, shooter, in my opinion. Despite the number this year, not bad, but not great. Uh, not a good defender yet. 
Um, but he's big and strong and he can dribble pass and shoot a little bit. The Bulls need a bet at that. I actually liked their undrafted pickup of uh, Justin Lewis last, last year. Um, there, uh, there are no 59th and 60th pick in this draft, sadly. So that's kind of all we got. Um, I, <laughs> I don't really want to read through all the picks. Um, I'm going to be completely it's, You have to at this point. It's it's a yearly tradition. Uh, you have to do it. Uh, but I think instead what I'm going to do is direct you to the website. Check out our website where you can see this at any point. Um, again, remember, this was based on our boards. This was not based on any intel whatsoever. Um, this was just purely, purely on our evaluations. Um, you can all see the trades we made there. But before we get out of here, I want to ask everyone what team they're happiest with leaving this draft, whether it be through the trades they made or or however you want to look at that. Charlie, I'll throw this to you first. What team are you most content with after this draft? Okay, so I, I have two answers here. I'll say my favorite individual pick is getting Nick Smith at 16 for, for Utah. But overall, team-wise, I would have to go with the Pistons just because I, I really do feel like Brandon Miller is the you know connective piece that can really elevate that core to the next level. I love the the Strahler pickup. I really believe in KJ Martin as eventually being like a starting level starting level player. So that's going to be my team that I, I'm happiest with is going to be Detroit. I like that you brought up favorite pick as separate from team you're happiest with. I think that's a good that's a good point. Brian, I'll throw this to you. What who is your favorite pick you made, and and uh, what team are you happiest with leaving this draft? Have two teams that I think I'm really happy with coming out of this draft. I really like what I was able to do with Charlotte starting at the top just by taking Scoot Henderson, not, you know, going down the draft board to take somebody else, but uh, also just adding a whole bunch of wing depth. I think they're, if they take Brandon Miller up at the top, it's going to be tougher for them to get anybody that, you know, can play the creator role like Scoot can. But um, then I think also the trade for Dallas, I liked what I was able to build uh, after the draft with the, uh, you know, second trade for them. Uh, bringing in Bradley Beal and then trying to fill out the roster with McDermott, Bassey, and Garuba. And um, I think my favorite pick of the day um, for that one, I'll I'll just go ahead and be boring and say Scoot Henderson for the Hornets. I just think he's that good of a prospect. Uh, well, I think it's fair, though, because you are seeing Brandon Miller and, you know, for, for some of us, Ahmed Thompson in that range. And, you know, if you're really happy with Scoot, it too, I think that's a very valuable pick and 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 a guy who makes a lot of sense to be the dude you're happy with happiest with garrett uh for you who was your best pick and, and what team are you happiest with leaving here yeah i think with the blazers i was happiest with the trade for number three i, I think the josh giddy trade was something i'm really excited about and and the following picks i think really line up well with a, a revamp not only getting jay will from the Thunder in that trade as well, but also drafting Derek Lively outside the lottery as well as Keontae George. I think that's potentially four guys who are going to be in the rotation, like almost right away, if not right away. And for a team like Portland that's trying to win immediately, even if they don't maybe put this together in year one with some rookies coming in, I think that they are really excited about being able to maybe contend in two with Dame and give him one last push at the end of his career. You're allowed to fire Chauncey Billups too, if you want. So just, uh, just so you know, that's, uh, that, that's on no, the table. No, no comment. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Uh, Coop, uh, pick your happiest with and, and team your happiest with. Uh, well, I'm very happy with the Pacers. Um, less happy with the Rockets. I mean, we came out with our guy, but, and like our team, but uh, we didn't get Amon um, because everyone here hates me, but it's okay. Uh, with the Pacers, we, we made all of our, we got our guys. 
we got our wings of the future. We got our, our forward of the future. Got two guys who we believe have real star upside. And I, I really think that my favorite pick of the draft was Leonard Miller at 17, someone who I have at nine on my board. I really, really buy him. I, I really think that he's like got such a great floor of production, such a great ceiling, someone who I really loved last year. And I think it's just gotten so much better. Uh, I think there's so much to buy with him. And especially if you're a team like the Pacers who can afford to go a little bit slower, uh, not like super slow, obviously, but uh, I both are great fits with Hallie and the guys you already have there and Matherin. And uh, I, we're just, we're the Pacers are super happy how this ended up and we didn't have to make five picks. And uh, we also actually ended up with Nikola Jovic. We didn't talk about that trade, but uh, we basically came out as the ultimate winners of this by, by getting a guy that we don't even like in Jovic. Um, all right. Uh, Stone got pick your happiest with team. You're happiest with. Um, I'm really happy with how a lot of it turned out. It's hard not to say the Spurs because we ended up with Wimbanyama, of course, but that was to be expected. Um, as usual, I'm going to make Bryce mad and, and fudge that question a little bit, uh, to fit my answer in, um, and bend the rules. I am super happy with the Lakers getting Cam Whitmore, uh, even though technically we didn't pick him, but um, trading to get him super duper happy. I think that he is that franchise young piece that we don't haven't had for a long time um, and can move forward with. Uh, so I'm, I'm really stoked about that. Um, the team I'm happiest with is the Thunder. Like, I think I just overhauled it um for for better or worse in some people's eyes i guess but i think that um overall the talent is just you know vastly upgraded i feel like and i cashed in a lot of our future assets but still have quite a few remaining and i think um overall this is just a much better team than where it started out before this uh, mock draft yeah and and for me the team i'm happiest with i think it's the pelicans uh getting miles turner is a huge win for me getting sasser at 29 also a huge win for me. Um, very happy with that. Uh, I feel like I didn't have to give up too much. Um, and it also helped uh, one of my biggest competition in the West get worse by drafting Cam Whitmore to play big minutes early in his career. Um, no, I'm, I'm just uh, just 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 joshing a little bit. Um, the pick I'm happiest with is probably Grady Dick at 11. I actually didn't have many picks in this draft where I was like, oh, what a steal. Like this guy I drafted way lower than or you know, I have way higher on my board than I drafted him. I kind of just went chalk for most of my picks. And I was most of them like, oh, that's good value. But I also think the magic walking out with Kassan Wallace and Grady Dick, I think that's two starting caliber players to a team that has, you know, already has three, four uh, star caliber players. We also will have a top five highest selling jersey in uh, in the in the league. So that matters. Um What's the joke? It's going to go triple platinum in uh, in frat houses. Um, you know, Austin Reeves and Grady Dick is the next great Jersey trio that you're going to or duo that uh, you're going to see frat boys wearing. Um, this has been great. I, I can't thank Brian and Charlie and Garrett enough um, for dealing with us. Uh, we are um, this. This was so much fun uh, from the moment we had you guys on the pod, like uh, or in, in a group chat talking about this pod to uh, just actually recording it. Uh, I'm going to give you all each the 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 time to speak to kind of break, you know, let people know where they can find all your great work. Charlie, go ahead and, and let people know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, I mean, to start, I just I really appreciate you guys having me on my uh, my whole year scouting has kind of come come to the peak here on this podcast the last couple of years. I really I really love doing this. It's, it's so much fun. 
But you can find me at my Twitter, which is C Parker NBA. That's about it. I'll be posting my board in a couple of days. So, so, so be on the lookout for that. But yeah, that's all I got. I just appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, Brian. Yep. So uh, yeah, again, I want to echo what Charlie said. I feel like I've said that once or twice today, but uh, really, you know, grateful for you guys inviting me on. This was a whole bunch of fun. Um, hope we can do this again in the year's future. And uh, yeah, for right now, just putting my stuff out on Twitter for the most part. Um, my uh, un- or my at there is uh, at GM understudy 22. And uh, then I also will be, uh, you know, working with the Upside Swings guys and releasing a few things on their website as well. So I should have my board coming out uh, similar to Charlie again uh, in the next few days. And uh, again, thank you guys for having me on here. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, I've been working with uh, BTL Hoops this year, so give them a follow on YouTube. Uh, they've been putting out a lot of great content this year. It's been great to contribute. And uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more writing next cycle uh, publicly. So if you would like to check me out at Half Awake Takes on Twitter, uh, we'll be happy to have you. Yeah, I, I really can't recommend uh, all these guys as follows and, and people to just to talk to all the time. Uh, they're, they're all great. And again, you guys were saying thank you to us. Like, considering uh, all you had to put up with in this two and a half hour recording or however long this has gone, I really, we really appreciate all you guys from the bottom of our hearts um, and to everyone listening as well. Um, this is usually our biggest part of the year. So thanks uh, for that. And and again, check out the website and all that fun stuff for stone alley or man, I'm off for stone out report underscore court for coop at alley underscore coop. Don't forget to follow Brian at GM understudy 22 follow Garrett at half awake takes and Charlie at C Parker NBA. Uh, I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Give us a like or any of you all that fun stuff. Let us know what you think of our trades of our picks. Let us know what you would do uh, and all that fun stuff, man. This has been great. Uh, this has been a great cycle. Not this is the last pod we're going to release, but this is, kind of the culmination nonetheless everything from here is more falling action than climax um so yeah that's where we're at um this has been the upside swings of a draft podcast we hope we are ceiling thank you we'd once again like to thank the people at globalshopsolutions.com Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.